Chevelle. Ready? Okay. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Give me a okay. Give me a letter. Give me an S. <laughs> okay. L A Y. Let's slay today. <laughs> oh, Dr. Renee is here. She just popped right. in. She ready. She's you like waiting for us, huh, Dr. Renee? We ready for you too today. But let's do this all proper, like y'all. Saturday. It is self-love Saturday, and I hope y'all ready to slay today. Glad you are here, Dr. Renee. Uh, good morning, Queens. Yes, yes, yes. There's a few other people in the house, so I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, today we're talking about Unpretty. Y'all remember Unpretty? It was a song back in the day. TLC had a song uh -uh, about Unpretty, right? And um, I just thought it would be a good idea to expose some of the the pretty ugly mm. uh, truths about systematic views about beauty, as we also just kind of share, you know, what had our experiences um, and things that maybe we've had to come as a overcome as a result of dealing with um, what I like to call OPBS, other people's Ooh. BS about mm. Mm. our beauty. Right. Uh, so I want to talk about any and everything that comes up for you, not necessarily just a personal thing, but think of it more on a, um, a global scale. Um, the whole pretty privilege thing, you know, as I was looking at my own stuff, some of that came up as far as um, pretty privilege. And there's a poem that I wrote. Ooh, it's been some years ago now, but it's called The Unpretty Plea. And so I'll share that with you today. I'll share that with yeah. you today. So yeah, don't feel like we got to go deep and dark. I just want to tap into it so that we start to acknowledge our beauty, what beauty is for ourselves, right? So we're not playing that game with other people. So we're going to have a little poetic justice. Yes, yeah, right. It is whatever we say it is, not what anyone else says. Okay. Well, how, are we, how, are we, how are we gonna do that? Because um, if Val was here, she would have a song, and I'm used to hearing a song about everything we talk about. That is a song. That is the song. Yeah, but nobody's saying it. All I remember is um damn unpretty. <laughs> what you, <laughs> you say? Grow your hair if it don't grow. <laughs> like um, I, I had to find the lyrics. Somebody got the lyrics though. Somebody out no, there. No, actually, the, the title alone is is unpretty. You know, unpretty, right? <laughs> That's enough. It's like, how could you think of that? But when I first when I first went to the South, the Jim Crow South, it was in 1967 because we were driving to Florida from mm. from New York, and we went right through it. And for the first time in my life, I heard. Um, well, this whole ugly, pretty thing, because I ju we just didn't come from that. Every child was made to feel like they were attractive, no matter how ugly they were. Mm -hmm. But they had this thing that 
a woman said to me that this little boy, he gets beat a lot. Now they're brothers, they're both like little bad little kids, right? But the other brother gets beaten a lot because he ugly. Mm. So the handsome looking one, you know, based on their standards, uh, I mean, this was for boys and not girls, but the message is still there. Still the same. So he got beaten a lot just because he was ugly. And the old woman said, if he was good looking, they wouldn't beat him like that. Mm. You know, but um, true or not true, these things happen. Um, So I I still always, you know, try to trace it back to the origin, but that's learned behavior. Somebody taught the ugly. You know, but I had lived in the north and I, I had never heard anything like that. Some yeah. child getting, you know, beat just because they ugly. Yeah. Mm. That's mm. crazy, right? That's it crazy. It is, it is. We yeah. need healing, y'all. We need healing from you that. We need a lot of healing. But but when I look at our people, I because I love our color. I when do I look too. At our people, All I just of think we're so beautiful. Yes. You know, when I want to uplift myself, I look for videos on YouTube that just just images. I don't need to hear sound. But just pictures of beautiful black people, yeah, and they're all over the place. You don't have to look hard, mm-hmm. and compared to other people, you kind of have to squint your eyes. Uh, maybe I don't know, but for me, I just see the beauty uh, when I see our people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but our people don't see it. That's why. And we have- I want us to see our beauty because right. I see mm-hmm. it too. I'm like, oh my god, when we come together, when we had those groups, the Belize women who farmed. Yeah, and we good. were all these different array of colors. I'm like, oh my God, we are so beautiful as a people. And we don't even re- recognize our own beauty because yeah. of what's been put upon us. But I'm like, come on, y'all. We let's let's start lifting and taking off the outside world's views mm. of who we are, um, what we bring to the table. You know, you hear a lot of people like, ooh, why he with her or why she with mm. him? Yeah, you yeah. don't know. You don't even know. You know, um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, huh? Well, this poem comes from a different perspective. This poem for me, uh, I thought I had done a lot of the the work around letting go of some things from my past, right? And I was just in a place and I was like, oh, why that thing keep getting, you know, getting on me? What is that right now? And, um, what I realized is it was that sticker bush piece again. You know how we talk about the, how I always talk about the um, cocklebur, is the cocklebur? That little bush, that little sticker bush, y'all. Berber, yes. Berber, yeah, yeah, them little things, you walk by and they snatch you, they jump on your skin yep. and you try to pull it off, you get one off, and then you realize later on you still got them little pricklies in you. You're like, mm-hmm. ah, woo, that. I was having one of those moments. And um, as a way to release or get over it, I kind of went to, I went to my poetry. I went to my writing again, because writing really is healing for me. Um, So, Unpretty Plea. Touched by the hands of the teenage boy next door, erect from a child of, of about three, maybe four, rubs his private parts against her to explore. No one sees behind his closed door. He's trying to take pictures, this man, she doesn't know. Admiring her beauty, her skin, her eyes aglow. Her nakedness he seeks to capture as she yells, no! Seven silent cries of help, please make him go. The visage she cherished and ran to on a whim. Drunkenness surrounds her, now all she sees is grim. 
the thrill is long gone. Glasses filled to the brim. He's drunk. She's stuck. What the fuck? Damn, it's him. Eight to ten brings about bigger and different things. Men admiring more than her God-given wings. Pretty girl, pretty girl, the men all sing. She wants to run and hide, but is paralyzed by the sting. They mean you no harm. Your beauty abodes. In her mind, these are lies as her story unfolds. She fights to keep her innocence, but the world grabs hold. No trust. Where's her protection? She thought, I must be bold. She's 13 now, enjoying the dance of her youth. Here he comes again, looking to satisfy that sweet tooth. Making advances, taking chances, married and uncouth. Her virginity's gone. No one knows her brokenhearted truth. Now she's drunk at 14, no longer loving life or, or full of pride. He won't stop. She's dying. Silent screams won't subside. Protecting his daughters, her sisters, maybe so his secret she did hide. Under a mountain of pain, pom-poms and a smile, at least she tried. On to high school she went, changed, but no one paid much attention. She somehow managed to muddle through her world of dissension, praying that her path of the past she would never have to mention. She made it. She's a woman now with children of her own. Some men still gawk and cool, but she's proud, married and grown. Far from the past, oh yes, at last she's moved on. Her family, a few friends and extra weight are her security. She protects her children vigilant. She protects her children vigilantly, determined to keep their purity. The hurt of the past is stifled for now, front and center, her obscurity. Now in her 30s, no real worries. Well, just one, she's divorced. That secure yet obscure life was really something forced. She created a fantasy, which became a lie, of course. Reality hits, she's alone. What to do? Get to source. For years, she asked her creator to please unpretty me, or at least let not my beauty be the only me people see. No judgment of appearance, but of character and integrity, consumed with work, family, and still such insecurity. Something within stirred her heart. She was moved by the spirit. She thought it was some sort of dream and couldn't fully hear it. I say unto you that you are the truth of the divine spirit. It lives within you. Hear my command and begin to walk in it. In the source, she found the truth of who she really is. She grew in courage and strength. Yeah, baby, she's a whiz. She pulled the past to the present and handled all that biz. Now she's full of love and laughter and all that matters already is. No more pleas of, oh God, please unpretty me. For she knows she's divinely created and is the epitome epitome of source exactly who she was created to be no more no more please of unpretty me <laughs> um so i wrote that out of my out of my own hurt and pain and experiences and realized that at the time it was just something that i had not I hadn't, I hadn't fully, you know, let go of all of the things that had happened in my past. And so today when we're talking about unpretty, I want to talk about it from both aspects, right? Because there's sometimes there are women out there who don't, I don't, 
people perceive you as pretty and it's like no i don't even want that because of all the bullshit that comes along with it mm. so that's that's where uh that's where that came from glad you brought that up goddess because it's um the process of of that realization doesn't happen in a vacuum and there are many of us who either with that experience or different degrees and levels of that same type of experience, just take it on and don't, um, we don't seek therapy for it. We don't seek mm -hmm. ceremony for it. Um, we don't really talk it out with the right people because right. You know, when I'm, I'm working with women, they says, well, I've talked about it, but it's who do you talk to about it? Yeah. You know, and, and in our old descendancy culture, um, there's been more encouragement to suppress the information no, 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 no. than the, even the evidence, like the babies, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's been more effort and, and, and ripening that way of dealing with it, to just hide it, to put it away, to, it didn't happen, to gaslight mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's different than what you, you did something different. You, you took it head on, you gave it voice, you gave it sound, you gave it tangible form, mm -hmm. and because you have to, you have to bring it out of that space back here yeah. in the moon, you know, and, and make it solid so that you can like page through it, you know, and make it lighter and make it lighter and make it lighter. Um, one of the ways I, I know that, uh, well, I was taught this, you know you haven't healed when you can't talk about it without feeling the pain. And, mm -hmm. I'll, and I'll say it, you know, the other way is like, when you can talk about it without reliving the pain, you've healed. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're healing. <clears throat> When you can stop yourself, when you can catch it. And that's why I know that it looks really, really bad. But when women start sharing with me something that happened, I always say, how long ago did that happen? Oh, that was 20 years ago. So stop it right now. Right now. That's where we need to work right there. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Tracy. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say, um, it took me some years even to not cry while mm. I was reading that. Right. And I'm like, wow, I didn't have I, none of that stuff like came up here and all in my throat and all of that. But you're right, because I've, I've dealt with it and just kind of had to bring it out. And I so want mm -hmm. that for our people. Yes. You know, but we do tend to suppress and hide. And, you know, like we, we've talked about it before. You know, there's this big pile of shit in the middle of the floor that we're walking around it like and using it as a coffee table, acting oh, like we don't oh, see what's going on and we don't know we don't know so well, we, we could participating in blocking the healing i mean yes that's, mm -hmm. that's being made clear even right now yeah, it's exactly. by, by by you know valuing those habits that they've given us so that we can remain stupid and and you know malleable and, and stifled stifled yes. and stuck in and so shit. i feel like yeah. that that has to be recalibrated right there yeah not even you don't see you don't smell it <laughs> because a lot of times You've gone through it and then, but that's, for some of us, that's a way of coping, right? That disassociative state, because sometimes that's what you do just to survive that experience. But I'm grateful you even have the ability to have an, to express it, have an outlet mm -hmm. to express it, then to share it verbally. And sometimes I'm even more grateful that we have that oral tradition of sharing it with yourself and knowing this is it, 
But then to have a circle of sisters or to have a person you can go to and say, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Or to share it again and again, to be able to then say it without falling apart. But knowing falling apart is part of that journey. It's too. part of the process. Yeah. Because sometimes we like, again, it goes back to that strong thing where you're like, ooh, I got to keep it together. And I'm like, no, let's pull apart. Yeah, we're so so that up again. people can be fooled into thinking that you don't need help. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Follow so you can fool yourself into thinking that you don't need help. Stop yeah, it. We yeah. have to stop that. And I, I'm glad you brought that up, Marie, because I think there are a lot of people who have used that as uh, as a way to cope with, as a way to survive. But survival mode doesn't mean that that's not healing. You haven't healed from it. It's still there under the surface. Mm -hmm. You know, it's still impacting your life in some way, shape or form. So, you, yeah, it's it's important to kind of get at it. I'm sorry, Val, what were you going to say? No, just that it is important to give voice to what has hurt you yeah. so it can be dealt with. And when you wrote that, Tracy, what was going through your mind? Oh, I shared right before you came on, Val, that oh, yeah. I, um, I was in this space where I thought I had done all the work, you know, I... I went and I, I did grief recovery and I did this and I did yeah. that and I had been working on it. And mm -hmm. I uh, I gave the example of that little sticker bush, the little cockleburn, where the little, um, you know, you walk by and the whole thing get caught on you and you snatch that piece off, but you still have the little pricklies in there. I was in mm -hmm. a little prickly moment where the pricklies uh -huh. were still there, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm still pulling out the little pricklies and I was just going through something. And a friend just was like, you know what? Maybe you should write. I was like, you're right. I got to go write. I'll call you later. And we got off the phone. <laughs> and that's what came. The poem is what came out. Mm -hmm, did, it feel, did it feel very healing to Absolutely. write in a poem? In a poem. In a poem. In a poem. That's, that's different. Writing in any form can be a form of healing. Okay. We just have to do it. The journaling, the mm -hmm. right, whether it comes out as poetry, whatever it is, you know, we just, a lot of that stuff we have to bring to the surface, mm -hmm. right? Even if you're not in a space where you're ready to talk to someone else, definitely get into the practice um, or habit, as Marie likes to say, of mm -hmm. just starting to write things down. Writing. I, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I Go ahead, Mount Spirit. Well, a couple of things I wanted to say. Let's see which one is more important. Um, writing is a release of or a feeding of the of the color blue to the light body because it's a release of the fifth chakra. It's a release of your fifth spiritual center, which is blue. So when, and when that's blocked, like when you're not writing or expressing it some kind of way, even if you're singing it or letting it out from here, it gets blocked. So mm. all of your psychic senses, your ability to, to sense the truth, to speak the truth, all of those things get hindered. So when we write, that's why writing is so magical. That's why these writing courses are so magical because they feed your light body blue. So now you can heal all of the imbalances from, from around here. Mm -hmm. yeah. The healing I've felt with my, uh, my screenplay, my parents didn't know I was interviewing them for my screenplay. That's pretty much how that, that worked. I wanted to find out there was one fight that they had that I remembered. And I literally based the entire screenplay on that fight. I witnessed it at like uh, six or seven years old and just kind of that um, 
getting over, I dealt with kind of that abandonment that I felt from my dad, leaving the, leaving the family. Now, a lot of that came up, unfortunately, when he passed because uh, <laughs> his wife, um, the one he, the one he married was the one that broke up the marriage, which, which is, which is weird. And he was Catholic in the Catholic religion. If you divorce, it's, it's something crazy where they don't acknowledge your second wife or something like that. So the obituary was written where I came out like a bastard child and, and the only person that he married was, was my stepmother. And I was like, I, I felt the pricklies. All of that came up. I was like, I thought I had healed from that from writing the screenplay about this and was trying to sell it. And then I had to go back and deal with that. And um, I definitely dealt with that in grief recovery when I did outlining things, how I felt about my father. But mm. it is imperative that we find healing from what hurts us, what makes us feel unpretty. Because abandonment can make a daughter feel unpretty. Mm. Very good. Yep. Yep. Those wounds come up. I mean, I think both mother. Go ahead. Before. before no, go ahead. Me. Because I, I was gonna comment on something else that you had, you said. Um, say it. Say it. Say it. Oh well, it has to do with uh, the coping mechanisms, the the uh, coping tools. Of, mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the term now. Senior moment. That's Just it. That's coping it. Coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So, um, my old Japanese teacher used to, um was a lesson that she gave me about a coping mechanism. It's like a vessel that you use, like you're in an island and you're, where you're trying to go is another island. So when you, to get off this island, you need a ship or a boat. Mm. So you build it and you get across and you land on the other side. Okay. What do you, why do you still need a ship? Like, why are you, why are you even referring to it? Like, why are you, why is it an issue? If the whole idea was to get off, to leave suffering, and you have finally landed on these new island, keeping that ship is representative that there's something about, that we're not fully accepting of being on this new, the new path, the new island. So for that reason, I don't excuse coping mechanisms. And, and it's not a mean thing. It's like not something that I would um, I would hold as a reason for doing something because we all do it, all of us. We, mm -hmm. That's the only way we got here. Everything we did that didn't work was a coping mechanism, but now we're across. So it has to do, I think, with recognizing, are we really across? Mm -hmm. If we believe we're across, we can let that ship go. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was it. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. Even in that moment, that's what I'm thinking. I was, I still had the ship because I was, I, I hadn't fully come across. Yeah. I had done some of the work. I'd done a lot of the work, mm -hmm. but there was still like, it was like that last little piece. You know, I, I tell people it's like an invisible wall and you trying to, you know, hit it. And it's like, oh man, I got all these pieces, but it's one I ain't hit yet, but I can't see it, you know? And then all of a sudden it was like front and center. Mm -hmm. Okay, bow. Gotta get mm -hmm. got and it. That, that ship takes energy. It blocks your fortune. Woo! It blocks your consciousness. Your your it your does. creativity. Because you know it's too much work. So it's it yeah. feels great to get rid of it. We, and, and well, Marie, yeah, yeah, that's what we talk about, right? That's what takes courage. <laughs> yes, it does. No, you're holding on. I mean, I think it, this is where you have to know it's a process and it's a journey. Yeah. So it's like. You're going forward, you're going back, you're going forward. And sometimes it does feel like a little bit of double dutch. And you have mm -hmm. to be aware of that. 
that it's not going to be a lot of time people think it's this linear process like it's a straight line i'm just going to go through it and then you check it check it off the list and i'm done right and not being willing to know that and then sometimes you just get stuck in a spot you're just gonna be in a place it happens move and then something else must happen for you to propel you forward yeah. And knowing this is the thing. And that's why being in a community. That's it. It's so great. And yeah. being around others, hearing those stories and being willing to sort of say, oh, that's how she did it. Or that's, oh, that's the thing. And then you're like, okay, you know what? Maybe I need to do a little something for that to happen. But mm-hmm. those wounds, sometimes they stay open. Yeah. Whether it's the mother wound, whether it's the father wound, or whether it's the daddy issues or the mother, whatever. And we hold on to them because... In a way, even when they're not here, we're still looking for validation. So in a way, we're still that little girl. In a way, we haven't even healed or let go of that inner child that's still looking, and we haven't grown from that. So we think we've grown because we're doing grown things, Mm -hmm. and we're still that little girl who needs to be Mm reparented, and we need to reparent ourselves. But we're looking for them to do all that. And I'm like, they don't know any better. They didn't know no. then. Yeah. And no, I said, put put that inner child in, in a daycare. Mm. And I, everybody I work with, I tell them the same thing. You put that inner child in a, day, in a daycare because I want to work with the adult you. I'm not interested in your inner, outer. No. <laughs> if there's an inner child, there's an inner daycare. Okay. Because okay, BCW got laws against them. <laughs> <laughs> what is Mountain Spirit? What does it look like for the adult uh, put the the kid in the daycare? What does that look like? Actually, there's a visual that there's mm. a, there's a work there's a shamanic work that we do with that is where you take your inner child. Yes, you do it right up until where the white people take you because they want you to manifest this child and relate to it. We go past it. Okay. We go past it. Um, and by white, I, that's not a racist term. That's to differentiate from the Western and the indigenous. Okay. okay. So, yeah. so, um, they, what the hell was I saying? you, you visualize your child, you bring it, give it materiality, and then you start shrinking it, shrinking it, shrinking it, shrinking it, shrinking it until it's the size that you can put in your medicine pouch or in the Western world, in your pocket either your breast pocket, your side pocket, not on your purse, but on your, on your person. And that's where you keep, that's your inner daycare. You keep that bitch right in there because I'm not abusing a child because that child has been around as long as you have. Yeah. And as long as it's ruling, it, it cannot grow. It has to understand it's a child. You belong right here. You watch what I do. Okay. And I'm going to show you what your place is. So that's the inner daycare. Mm. <laughs> and it's learn. You can learn that. And I think that's where guidance comes in. And ha- mm-hmm. that's why having someone who can say, this is what it needs to be. And again, a lot of those things, we, you know what you know. We did not right. know any better. And so having someone who can guide you, mm-hmm. having a healer, having a coach, having a counselor, and be willing to have that. Sometimes, again, this is what we think. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. By myself. And with mm. the hurt, with the whatever, and things are coming up. You're being triggered. You don't know why. You don't know what this means. And everything is coming up. And having someone who can say, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be able to process it and reflect on it and be able to 
sit with it because yeah. sometimes we just want to fix it. Yeah. You don't need to fix it. Like sit with it and have somebody say, you know what? Why don't we just process this part? And then yeah. just a yeah. little bit at a time, but we just want right. to wash through it and run through and be able to fix stuff. Right. This right. is something that has happened through your lifetime. And now you just want to wash through the process. And I think having someone who can gently, literally, the way like the midlife does or the way the healer can do that gently where someone is not judging you and making you mm -hmm. feel like you should have known. How? How was I going to know this situation, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is where you take the time and say how and asking the questions too. This is where, again, finding the answers is not even the most important thing. Asking the questions, giving yourself grace and taking the time for you to say, I am worthy mm -hmm. of figuring, the, not figuring this out, discovering me, mm -hmm. rediscovering those pieces of me that were hurt and mm -hmm. I'm worth healing. And we're finding ways for me to, to be joyful, to be happy, to be playful, to not be in this space where I'm always hurting. Yeah. And you can be that as an adult, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You can't grow if you're still in pain. I I feel that is the number one thing that we have to recognize. And I said in the chat, um, there's no rushing in the healing. We got to take time with that. And it's okay if it takes time. Because I think mm -hmm. we're so, you know, some of us are kind of that eight personality, you know, and we go out and we conquer everything and we, we do and it's got your no checklist trying to check them the all off. The deadline, <laughs> the expiration date. I win. <laughs> no, yeah. there's no rushing in that. And I, that's an excellent point, Marie, just to sit with what it is and to and to really deal with it. And I'm grateful that I know that if I am hurting, that it is blocking things. And Mountain Spirit, that was a great point of about we're, we're we could be blocking. You could put a, a name to it, our fortune, our crossing over anything because we're we haven't dealt with what has hurt us what has made us feel unpretty the ship <laughs> you know you can't the lesson here for me is you cannot force ripen the spirit ah and we keep going back to that we yeah. keep going back to that you can't yeah. force ripen the spirit you force it mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to burn that ship down too right <laughs> yep burn it down that I mean, that's probably like there's a saying around that too. This is like a very either some kind of Caribbean something. Sometimes I don't know the references to those things, but it's not <laughs> literally that. <laughs> but it's just you Stay know who's listening. They're like, ooh. But it's it's those things where you have to do symbolically, where you may have to do something to ceremonialize. Absolutely, because. And again, this is what you were saying. There are rituals that needs to happen for you to yeah. release those things or they're going to keep mm -hmm. coming back up. And this is when you think I've dealt with it and you have not. And just because you're saying things or, you know, it sounds great. And we live in a culture where we do so much lip service about healing and mental health Ooh. and self-care and self-love. We're saying all kind of good stuff. But we refuse to practice it. We refuse to apply mm -hmm. it. We refuse mm -hmm. to live it. And we yeah. have to do the work collectively. Yeah. And we have to invest in it. But because that's we're true. talking about it so much. And we, we think, think that that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. we, we think, think that that's it. 
or read all the books. We read the books. We did yes, exactly. Took the workshop. And exactly. Like, oh, and so I'm like, work. okay, right. Even in our own community, I'm like, okay, y'all, it's time to go deeper. It's time yeah. for us to take that next step. We what we've done is right here. Sir, we got to go surface. deeper, and then we got to, you know, to live higher, to live in a di on a different vibrational plane. We we got to go. You got to go deeper. Mm -hmm. You got to mm -hmm. learn to release and overcome what needs to be released and overcome those things that are still ailing you. So when mm -hmm. I say that, you got to release and overcome anything that fails you, ails you, is still uh, bothering you. That's that's some going deep stuff. Some of that mm -hmm. stuff you got to go deep and move out of the way. And then you got to create and keep what sustains you, right? But we got to realize that, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going through the motions. And when we come to Clubhouse, you know, it sounds good. And everybody is like vibing high and we are sharing our love and our gratitude and all of that. And that's wonderful. But there's so much underlying work that still has to be done. That still yes. has to be done. And we can do that together. We can. By yourself. We can. We can. We can do it through writing and healing. We're out of time. But next week, we are going to start talking about the Right Now uh, weekend retreats because, man, they are on the horizon. We've got one coming up April 29th through May 2nd. And um, I wasn't even expecting to start talking about it now, but since we brought up how healing writing is, oh, my gosh, it's, it's all inclusive, too. Just so you know, it's all inclusive. It's right here in Vegas. So we're going to get to party. We're going to get to play. We're going to get to heal. It's going to be some crying. It's going to be some laughing. But we're going to collectively write an anthology of her healing, evolution, and rebirth. It can be an anthology of her and whatever collectively that thing is that we decide we want to write when we get together. I'm telling y'all, this is, this is such a powerful now. It's a powerful now. Right. So get to Vegas. I'll be sharing more information um, in the description. You'll have a link, everything. It'll it'll be there. So over the weekend, I'm posting everything. But I, ha I had to start here in my own community sharing here because um, I want us to do the do our own healing, to write our own book. And y'all going to be we're going to become best selling authors together. Yes. Isn't that an exciting thing? Yes. Very exciting. Ah. Step one. Step one is to connect with Tracy. Sometimes people are like, what? Tracy. Huh? Tracy. What do I do? Tracy. Tracy. Huh? What do I Tracy? All the questions. One source. Tracy. Right. You keep pointing them my way. I'm waiting for the phone calls. I got phone calls. Email Trey at slaywithtray.com. Yes, come on over. You send me an email. Many of you have my phone number already now. Come on. Stop it. <laughs> or you have access to someone who will give it to you. All right. So thank you all for sharing today. Um, thank you to those of you who are in the chat. Come on over to the club. We are heading over to Clubhouse for Me Moments Part 2 where we get together, we share our gratitude, intention, affirmation of the day. We'll continue a little bit of this conversation and um, just enjoy each other's company this morning. For everyone else, go out and slay your day. It is self-love Saturday. Do something amazing for you. All right, much love to you all. See you back here next week. Bye. Mm -hmm.